Welcome to episode 10 of the Colorful Kid Podcast. Tonight we have Brian and we got Rafa. And let's just start right off, Liga MX. And since me and Brian are Club America fans, we're not as invested as uh, our boy Rafa. Rafa, <laughs> how was that roller coaster ride for you? It, it was crazy. It was definitely a crazy match. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's... As a neutral, I guess it's it's the best thing that could happen. It was amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, as a fan, it, it's kind of tough uh, to stomach something like that, just the excitement. Um, it, it, it was tough. I mean, as a fan, at the end of the day, you know, your team lost. So uh, any, any defeat in a final is hard to stomach. Uh, I think there's, there's reason to, uh, to feel, you know, have some pride on the team. Uh, it was Tigres who they played. Uh, Tigres is, is a phenomenal team. They, they are amazing. Uh, I think uh, there was that stat that was floating around that you know a team hasn't hadn't beat Tigres by more than three goals in, in quite a while, and Pumas uh, did that. Uh, that's something to be happy about and be uh, you know have pride on. Uh, they they came close. It, it would have been amazing if they would have pulled it off. Uh, but at the end of the day, the the best team won, uh, and I think that's something that even as a Pumas fan, you you have to go ahead and recognize that Tigres were the the better team throughout the two legs, uh, and through the Liguilla, and perhaps if circumstances were given, they probably would have been uh, the better team in, in throughout the season, uh, or even gotten close to to being league leaders in the season. Of course, they had the whole Copa Libertadores and Ricardo Ferretti going ahead and taking, uh, you know, that that internship or that that small stint at, at the Mexico national team. Uh, but but in all, as a Pumas fan, I guess th- there are reasons to be happy for this season, and you know, looking forward to the next season already. Brian, as you're watching that game, what do you think of uh, Tuca's tactics? Um, I was surprised because I mean, I, I caught the I caught. I came in the game a little bit late there when it was 2-0, but when I was watching it, I was like, man, this is if this goes into overtime, I'm going to be shocked. And and lo and behold, they did. So when I'm watching that game, I'm like, how the heck do you go into their house 3-0? Or, yeah, you go into their house 3-0, and then they come back. It's almost like the, the home team always has that advantage, but... Yeah, somehow they pulled that out, but a couple bad PKs just, you know, that's all it takes in a shootout. I was thinking, uh, as I was watching the game, I was thinking, man, this is Copa Libertadores 2.0 for Tuca. Yep. yep. I was thinking, like, how can this team lose? He kept bringing in sub after, every sub he brought in was like another central defender. I was like, what are you doing, Tuca? Well, I thought he, I know, when I thought he, he got that break when Guignac, uh scored the, uh, the go-ahead goal there, but another player gets another red card. You know, this is League MX. There's another red card, and uh, there it is, another goal right off the bat. So, you know, nothing nothing like a League MX final for you. And I'd like to point out that uh, Rafa predicted that that Yignac goal about an hour before (laughs) it happened. He was just let me know. He's like, I don't care what happens. I feel like he's going to score a goal. He's going to score a goal. And as soon as he scored a goal... I could I could feel him just shake his head in anger. Yep. <laughs> well, it, when we talk about 
I guess, tactics in these type of games. A lot of times we, we like to say that finals are, you know, it doesn't matter how you win a final, you just win it, uh, which is something that really comes up in, in any event or any kind of final, especially in soccer. Um, you know, we we hear that in World Cup finals and stuff like that. Uh, it's it's common it's common to say uh, something like that. Um, you know, I saw it in in MLS. One of the criticisms I saw is that a lot of times in the playoffs, it's less tactics and more who wants it more. Uh, I sort of disagree with that. I, I know a lot of people get, are giving Ricardo Ferretti uh, a bit of heat or some sort of criticism for for you know playing a little defensive uh, and giving that three goal lead away. Uh, it's I, I, you know, I'll stand up for Ricardo Ferretti. I think that finals are, you know, it doesn't really matter how you do it. You just win them. Uh, it, you sort of avoid having the emotions get to you. Uh, I know a lot of times the game is is about it's about momentums. Uh, Pumas went ahead and scored that goal, which I thought was very lucky. They scored in the first forty five minutes, right before halftime. They needed that goal. That, if they didn't score yeah. that goal. I'd- I don't think they would have come back in the second half. Yeah, it changed. It completely changed the momentum. And uh, Ricardo Ferretti went ahead and played it safe, and he added two two defensive-minded players in in Gringo Torres and and um, Pollo Briseño. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, Ricardo Ferretti was the one lifting the trophy. Uh, it, things got a little bit more complicated than usual. Uh, but I, I don't I don't have any sort of criticism for Ricardo Ferretti for doing that. Uh, I think he he did what he had to do. He he noticed that that you know at, at some point Pumas was just overwhelming Tigres. Uh, all sort of tactics are just thrown away, and you're just trying to uh, keep your team level, uh, you know, level-headed. Uh, add two players with defensive capabilities and try to hold on to this. I, I don't have any sort of criticism. I know a lot of you guys. Or, or some of you, I know, are very hard. Some of the haters. Uh, uh, Ricardo Ferretti <laughs> for doing that, uh, but I'll, I'll stick to, stick up to him. I'm only criticizing him because Tigers has so much firepower, power, and they play a certain way. I, I, know, I, I will say it doesn't matter how you win finals as long as you win them. Like, I'll, I'll be the first one to say that. But I think there's something to be said when you change your tactics so much from when how you normally play. Right. So if 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 that's how you if that's how they play the grind out results and that well that's how you play in the finals, but if you're like a high scoring team, I think it's a little different to ask them, hey, this game you know let's just not give up goals as opposed to every other game where it's like, hey, let's score three four goals. Well, let me ask you guys a question: uh, When it comes to these type of games or these type of series where it's, uh, there's so much pressure behind these type of games uh, because there's so much on the line, uh, a lot of the times. You know, we don't really take into consideration these things because they're sort of, you know, just outside of what what's written down on, on notebook or whatever it may be, or the planning before games. Uh, but I've talked to a lot of people who really take this whole uh, planning games ahead. You know, getting into a tactic side of the game, uh, and sometimes the, there's some things that you just can't explain. Uh, I remember in this last game where where Pumas played Club America and. You know, Club America came within a goal of just eliminating Pumas. We, we don't talk about that game, man. What are you talking about? Yeah, well, <laughs> well, I'm going back to that. And, and, how do you dis- and how do you dis? And I asked somebody, how do you describe that? Uh, and you know, we're, you know, I'm a Pumas fan. I really don't, 
you know, I, I rarely go on a defensive for, for Club America because they're Club America. But uh, one of the things he told me was uh, sometimes you just can't describe these things. Sometimes uh, a team, the, the shirt just weighs, weighs on you because Club America is such a big team. And that alone propels a team towards, uh, towards their objectives. Uh, sometimes I, I like to think that that's what happened with Pumas against Tigres. Uh, with all due respect to Tigres, they're, they're a huge team, and, and you know Pumas is still one of the bigger bigger teams in Mexico, a lot bigger than Tigres. They have a bigger market share, uh, and that alone, you know, these sort of things you can't describe. It's it's sort of like Pumas just pulled it out out of nowhere and just went ahead and scored these three goals. So I'll ask you this question to you guys: Do you guys agree that I guess to say? More bluntly in Spanish, does la does la camiseta pesa when these type of games happen? Yes, yes, of course, yeah, yeah. yep. I think these finals don't you don't come in clean. You come in with history. Whether it's Tuca, is he going to lose another final or mm-hmm. things like that? There's always baggage, and I'm a Cubs fan. I know baggage. So, <laughs> well, the other thing is, I think there's like this strange like trend in Mexican football even with a national team with leads and just changing everything that it appears what they're you know what you're doing right to get you that lead and you know as we saw in World Cups and you know and even in these uh, Liga MX finals you know teams change what they do what they were doing right so something I mean I understand that um, Rafa agrees with Tuca on, on some of those tactics but I just find like the Mexican teams uh, just had this trend of kind of just changing things that got them to where they were at that good point, that good lead. And I just, I don't know. And also, you know, that was Tuca, Tuca Freddy's second game where he had to go to, he had to go to extra time. I don't know, you know, this season of obviously coaching Mexico and then uh, with Tigres, which I found is kind of interesting. So he was that close to two PK uh, shootouts with his teams. And I thank him every day not to go into PKs with that Mexico game. I don't think I could have taken that, man. Oh, that was just yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, but I think I think we all predicted Tigres was gonna was gonna win the title, right? Yeah, I yeah. think so. I, mean, I know Rafa went, and if we if we if we went with his head, it'd be Tigres. But if we went with his heart, it'd be Pumas. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but again, Tigres deserved it. They're, oh yeah, they're just. Uh, the best team in Mexico are. Yeah. There's some heavy hitters there. Yeah. Would everyone agree that the most talented team? Uh, not. I would just uh, talent. Just on pure talent alone. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, you know, you got Gignac who's just on fire. Um, he was a big signing. Um, then you got Jurgenam, who is a young kid who's going to be coming up through the ranks here. Obviously, Aquino didn't do quite as well in Europe, but he's still well-versed with the league. I mean, they're pretty well-rounded. And yeah, course, and I agree. They're balanced. Yeah, balanced would be good. That's a good way to describe them. Which, I mean, it's hard to imagine they're balanced because they're so, if you just look at them real, you know, just look at them like a glance, they look like they're really top-heavy. Yeah. But, I mean, right off the gate, I think they're my prediction to win the next, <laughs> the Clausuda. Yeah, it's it's not a bad bet, I don't think. No. So, yeah, I mean, anything else you just want to touch on on the final? I just, one thing I love about, like, games like this 
It's just like Twitter, Mexican soccer Twitter is just popping. It's just crazy. <laughs> well, what's funny is when people don't really watch it, don't they, they don't really watch Liga MX, and but they'll watch the final, and yeah. they're like, what the heck is going on with this? <laughs> like, It's like mayhem. Yeah, especially all like, the MLS people I follow, they're like, man, so this is what's going on in Liga MX? I need to watch more <laughs> Liga MX. <laughs> I know, red cards, shootouts, late-minute goals, it's insane. One thing I... I'd like to add at the end of this is um, because you know you guys know I, I I love this guy I think he he's a great player Guido See? Pizarro. Oh man, yeah, you love him. Yeah, I I think he was just as fundamental as Geniac in in Tigres conquering that title. Uh, I, I thought the way he he kind of reminds me of a maybe it's too out there but like Guardado, and then like just it's not even just just. Like, he's the engine, of, he's like the quiet engine of the team, you know, like, he's mm-hmm. not going to score goals, he's not going to necessarily get assists, but you don't, you don't notice him when he's there, but if he's not there, you notice he's not there. Like, you notice something's up, up with the yeah. team. Well, I think where I was a bit more talented technically, Yeah. but I think somebody said he, he was very similar to Sergio Busquets at Barcelona. Uh-huh. I think that's a very fair, fair assessment, uh, but I think he was just massive absolutely massive he just he was you know running back and forth he's always taking uh the right positions if if he's running like crazy it's because he's running with a purpose if he's just walking around and standing still he's still doing it with a purpose it's like he reads the game uh you know ahead of everybody else Uh, i think those kind of players are are just very rare uh i don't know if there's there's a better midfielder with with those capabilities in mexico uh i i mean he was just great and I believe he led the league in like touches, um, passes, and like distance covered. I think that's what uh, Cesar tweeted before the game started. Yeah, so. it, it, it was a brilliant. It was a brilliant stat. Uh, it, very reflective of what he does on the field. Uh, he's just so important to Ferretti. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what Ferretti would do without him. And it's weird because when he first arrived to Tigres, he was more of a number ten. Uh, now he's a defensive midfielder. And really, I don't know what what Ferretti would do without him because he's just the guy who, who basically starts play from the back. He recovers the ball. He he does everything. I mean, he's so, an important player for them. Yeah, he he's one of those players who, who just definitely deserves a shout out for for one of the better players this season, along with Geniac, which is the guy who you know seals all the headlines at the end of the day. Yeah, that's what you do when you're the scorer. Yeah. Well, Pizarro's still still fairly young too, isn't he? Like twenty yeah. five. Yeah, yeah. He's a yeah. good. He's a good. Uh, you know, representation of the league, I think. And he's already a Mexican citizen, which you you brought up last time. Mm. So he only needs a few more years, and if he stays in the league, I make he's he's one of those guys who you wouldn't mind at, with the Mexico national team. I think um, he moved to Mexico what two years ago. It was Something either, like that. It was either yeah. two years ago or three years ago. So either 2012 or 2013. So he can't play for Mexico until 2017 or 2018. Just putting that out there. Just Same thing with uh, Benedetto. Yep. But Rafa, you think he's gonna? You think he can get a Argentina call up? Don't you? I, I wish. I, I I don't think Argentina need anybody uh, with yeah. Mascherano and Biglia and all these other players in there. But but it. He he's good enough to play in Europe if 
you never know if he actually makes a jump to Europe. Uh, Tata Martino might might go ahead and keep an eye on him. You never know. Right. Well, he's two. He's twenty. Yeah, he's aged out of the Olympics at least for them. Because at least at least if he was twenty three, he can get called up to the to the Olympic squad for Argentina. What's crazy is that Argentina has called up um, two Liga MX goalies within the uh, recently. Well, yeah, I mean, now was it Nahuel? Yeah, yeah, Guzman. Yeah, he was he was good too. He he had that penalty save that clinched the title, so to speak. And he stole headlines with his kiss. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I still think the best keeper was uh, Picolino. He kept them in that series, man. I cannot. That I think the play of the game for me was when um when uh. Iñak got through, and he was one-on-one with Picolin, and Picolin just barely tipped the ball, and it went oh, wide yeah. at, the, at the very end of first extra time. Yep. If, that would have been game. Game set. Yeah. I, I thought I actually thought he was offside was I, at first. It, actually, that's what I thought it looked like, but he kept, nobody, the flag wasn't up. He just kept going. Yeah. But I was just like, no, because I was like, I kind of wanted Pumas <laughs> to win at that point. I just wanted a good game. You're right. I was thinking of my boy Rafa. I was like, man, Rafa needs a W here, you know. But man, it was a big save. Yeah, Whew. that was good. That was. I people are already immediately comparing it to the 2013 uh, Club America game. Yeah, final. I saw that too. Let let's, let it settle down. Let it settle yeah. down. I mean, when a goalkeeper scores a header, I mean, you know, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. But it was, both both finals were both finals were good. They're they're very entertaining, and obviously, people that don't watch the league regularly, they got a kick out of it too. So, I'm all for it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, well, League MX, it's over, and then it's on the next day. <laughs> <laughs> so, today was a uh, what do they they call it the draft, right? Yeah. In Spanish, it's called the draft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It reminds me of like the the winter baseball meetings, but like on crack. Like it's just as opposed to like meetings over three or four days, it's like no, we're gonna get this in one day <laughs> and just enjoy the beach the next two days. So what uh what are the what are the big moves going on so far, Rafa? What confirmed? I mean it was just really really normal day, nothing really much exciting happened I think the main one we, we were all talking about was Angel Reina to to Toluca which didn't materialize at the end of the day uh, there's a couple teams like Dorados who actually you know, have no choice but to go out and buy all these strikers uh, Ram, uh, Cruz Azul just got Aldo Leao uh, talking about Tigres, Ejido Arevalo went to went to, went to uh, Atlas so that's one to uh, to pay attention to. Tigres actually went ahead and sold a lot of players. They sent Lugo and Esqueda to Veracruz. Uh, they actually also sent, um, who was it, uh, Joe Fregueron to, to Cruz Azul, which is one that was pretty much already out there beforehand, I guess. Uh, Pumas went ahead and bought Vidangosi uh, from, from Chiapas, which is a, a, actually a, a quiet good player for them this season. Uh, Chapas, which of course we know did very well 
uh, this season with Ricardo Lavolbe, but that team is just basically going to, you know, they're just going to sell their star players eventually. Um, Did you see that uh, that article from The Guardian covering uh, Pumas, calling them basically like the Moneyball team of uh, Liga MX? Well, okay. that's... I mean that's debatable to me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure what you guys think. I mean, they were just saying how, you know, all these salaries are skyrocketing, and Pumas is like, nope, this is our budget. This is what we're gonna do. We have to we have to work with it. Well, hmm. I, as a Pumas supporter, it's you get a different, I guess, view of the team because you follow them on a day to day basis, so you really know uh, exactly how the team is run, how how the team works, and the people who are just involved in in all these dealings, uh, I'm I'm very harsh when it comes to Pumas uh, because just, if we go back to the Liga Mekis final, uh, one thing that we we liked we we sort of ignored was that uh, these are basically two teams that were representing the the two biggest institutions of higher learning in Mexico. Uh, one is UNAM and one is uh, UANL or uh, which is what Tigres represents and there, there are two institutions that are ran completely different because if you look at you know they're despite representing two universities Tigres is, is owned by Semex and, and they had the money to go ahead and uh, and buy under Pierre Gignac and players like Julian Dam uh, while Pumas is still is also representing a university and they don't have that type of money to, to go ahead and buy these type of players despite uh, quote unquote, being one of the big four uh, in Mexico, uh, but when you actually go ahead and follow Pumas on a day to day basis, you, you realize that uh, you know ownership is kind of sketchy. Uh, a lot of the times, Pumas sells a, a lot of their players, including some of their youngsters, to uh, other teams in Liga Mekis, other teams in Ascenso Mekis, uh, and you wonder where does this money go? Uh, Pumas. At, again, at the end of the day, is put onto one, one of these big four and have a huge market share, a uh, huge share of, of TV revenue. Where does this money go? Uh, why aren't we buying these these huge players? Uh, I, I think the money is there, but again, ownership is kind of sketchy, and that's some some something the Pumas fans uh, or the regular people who 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 don't follow Pumas very uh, very passionately kind of sort of ignore. Uh, but I'm very critical with, when it comes to Pumas and. and I don't know if that money ball aspect to it um, fits them very nicely. I, I mean, if I'm being very critical of, of Pumas, it's just stingy ownership who who put money <laughs> money first instead of you know the well being of the team. All right, well here uh, here's some stats from that article saying that uh, Pumas' wages were at about thirty million dollars to start the season. And Tigres was about fifty-four million. Hmm. And then a Tigres squad had uh, eleven internationals. Pumas had just four. And uh, the Pumas were the fourth youngest squad in the league, with none of the other three younger squads even making the playoffs. I'm not sure how accurate that fourth youngest. I mean, are we sure about that? That's that's just what the Guardian says, man. Come on, it's English. You know it's good. <laughs> yeah like i said i'm just very very critical when it comes to pumas uh and yeah i mean if i'm not gonna go on and on about it but just to <laughs> just to finalize it a bit uh 
Pumas, how it's owned, it's basically just owned by a group of investors uh, that have some sort of tie with with the university. Uh, the university gets absolutely no money out of Pumas using Correct. UNAM as, as their title. Um, now, uh, under this these cert- last group of investors or this last president that uh, that has taken over Pumas, uh, people don't realize that this season was just amazing for Pumas because they've been doing horrendously the past few seasons. And, and under this group of investors, Pumas has struggled a lot. Uh, they've been through like four managers or something like that in the past you know, four years or so. Uh, and they haven't won a title, which is something that, uh, that Pumas has been doing for the past few seasons, despite having these crazy seasons of turmoil where, you know, one year they're top of the league and the next they're bottom of the table. At least they have titles to show for it. For, but for the past few years, there, there's been absolutely nothing. So Pumas has to, has to improve here or uh, some people are going to have to, you know, leave the team and uh, whether it be pressured by fans or because the results don't go their way, uh, something has to change in that team. Uh, because I, I honestly don't know if Pumas will repeat this or have the same success next season. Well, speaking of leaving the team, I guess I think today the president said Lalo is not for sale at all. Yeah, uh, I think that's that's a good move. Uh, they Chivas should go fans everywhere. Them. Yeah, Chivas Twitter was not happy. <laughs> Definitely not. Well, let's talk about these Chivas. Um, I think they actually had. The most they're the movers and shakers of this uh this window yeah they've got in uh pineda and they got gullet gullet but they let go of fierro and chaton which i think was the right move because i those guys just i think those guys just needed to leave the chivas bubble like kind of like yeah. i hope i hope what happened to kubo happens to them where you know he leaves that chivas bubble where it's just so much pressure so much attention and he blossoms, you know. I mean, I'm a Club America fan, but I'm a Mexico fan first, and right. they produce these players. So I, I hope it's the right move for them. I'm, I'm glad they're going to somewhere where they're going to play. But yeah, Brian, what do you think about these Chivas moves? You think they're gonna well make the league? Yeah. Um, it's possible. I mean, for the club itself, bringing in Peña and Pineda is like really good. It's a really good move for them. Because they're two talented players. Obviously, Pineda is one of the best young players coming up. Benia has played with the national team, so he's got that experience. And then, of course, he won with Club Leon. It's a good move for them. I don't know if it's, per se, the best move for the players. But for Chivas, I mean, those are two really good additions. And, you know, I don't know if Chaton Enriquez, even if he gets playing time, I'm not sure he can fill that role there at uh, Club Leon. I, I don't know. I just I, I had pretty high expectations for him and I just, he seems to have kind of dwindled off, you know. I, I don't know if he'll ever get back to that form he had a couple years ago. Well, I, was, I had the same feeling with the gullet. He was just, ever since the end of 2013, he's just been on a slow decline, but last six months, he's it's like he's brought it back. He's like almost back to his old self. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I kept hearing the last couple of days that there was one more move, one more move for Chivas, but... Well, I think I think somebody just posted on Twitter recently that uh, Vergara was talking that he might... I mean, I could be wrong, but it's something about, you know, hinting about Polito, but that he still likes his team right now, so... 
We'll see. Polito, uh, Polito has a. I don't know. He's got maybe the not. Maybe opens up. Yeah, and it, it, I'm not sure if that meant anytime soon, but um, but yeah. Overall, I think those two additions was it was it just those two, or did they have somebody else too? Uh, well, just... they had Giovanni Hernandez comes back from Dorados, but he's right, not on right. loan. Right, but I think those two additions are really good. Um, however, if it doesn't click for some re- whatever reason, they don't click, and you know that. You know, those are two good talents that, you know, might have had an opportunity at something bigger. Um, so I hope, I mean, I hope it does turn out well for them. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't know. You, never, you can never tell what you us. They can have five of the best signings and then they'll fire the coach three games into the season. <laughs> it very well could happen. And that's that's just typical Chivas. And yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to hate, but... Just look at their fans. They know. They understand the pain. Well, yeah. I'll defend Chivas fans here. I think they're they're two very good moves. Uh, I like oh, yeah. them. I like them a lot too. Uh, I think. Well, I mean, who did they have in the middle? They had Castro and they had Salcido. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you cannot. I mean, <laughs> this is leaps and bounds an improvement in the middle. Yeah, I would say that. I would say that too. But I'll say this: it's it's the first time Almeida has a full preseason with the team. Uh, we sort of got a small idea of how the team's going to look from last season. Obviously, things didn't go their way at the end. Uh, but I, I'm looking forward to seeing Chivas this season. Uh, I think with a full preseason in hand, uh, Almeida's going to have uh, is going to give these youngsters a chance. I think we'll see a lot of these uh, who who we think Almeida thinks is are good young players that perhaps we didn't see last season as much uh, go ahead and, and make that step for the first team. Uh, and then Guli Peña, I think, is the kind of player that Almeida likes. Uh, it, if we sort of gotten hints at, at what Almeida's style of play is, uh, it's sort of that you know play from the back, uh, try to break quickly, uh, play that's, that sort of occupy spaces and, and, and sort of just... Um, you know, uh, score goals by breaking quickly, which is something very, very common in, in Liga I Makis. Uh, but with this sort of uh, dynamicism behind it, uh, and Gulit sort of brings that because we, we've seen it with Leon, we've seen it with uh, the Mexico national team in that sort of small time where, you know, he was just at his best moment. Uh, and, and he sort of uh, epitomizes that, that sort of style of play. Uh, now, Orbelin Pineda, I'll, I'll say this. If things really go well with Orbelin Pineda, uh, I'd like to see him move to Europe one day because I think he, he, he's one of the more talented youngsters that uh, that Mexico have. Uh, and we've we've talked about this beforehand where uh, where if a player does well in a team that, that didn't go, go ahead and, and raise him as a player in their academy, uh, they're more lenient in selling him to Europe. Uh, now it's it's a bit early to to say this about Orbelin Pineda because of course he just arrived to Chivas and there's always that chance where uh, things don't go well for him. Uh, but I certainly hope, like you said, like you guys said, I'm not a Chivas fan, but I'm a Mexico fan. Uh, I hope things go well for Orbelin Pineda, uh, and maybe in a year or two we can be talking about this guy playing for uh, for the Mexico national team or even moving to Europe. That'd be my my biggest wish for him. I'm starting to hope that um, so Carlos Salcido, I think he's he's still there at Chivas, but I mean he's got Bundesliga 
interest. But Carlos Salcido, the younger one, I know it's confusing because there's like two of them, but <laughs> the younger one, he has yeah. he has a release clause in his contract. Really? So I'm yeah he does. So and I I assume that was the reason why he came to Chivas because once he signed with Chivas from MLS, I was like I hope there's like a deal you know because I can see you know Vergara just keeping him there. But I hope these guys who come over to Chivas, especially the guys that weren't raised there, so to speak, you know, like from the academy, they have some sort of like, hey, if someone offers me X amount of money, you have to accept it, you know? I really hope so. That's all but, I got to say. But real quick on um, Chaton, he won the bronze ball at the 2011 yep. U20 World Cup. Yep. And just to give you, you know, over who he won the award, he won it over... Eric Lamela, Oscar from Brazil, James Rodriguez, I mean Joel Campbell. These are guys that he won the award over. So I know when we're being hard on him, it's because look at what, you know where he was four years ago. He was one of the better youngsters in the world per FIFA, you know. But yeah, I mean he had some injuries. Um, I'm obviously that's a problem, but I'm not quite sure he ever mentally got back to the same. But we'll see. He's part of that twenty, you know, the Olympic squad. I had high hopes. Yeah, I thought I thought he was going to get slotted into the national team right off the bat, but it really didn't happen. Kind of yeah. sticked around with uh, Torado and Salcido and stuff, but those are those are days in the in the past. Yeah. I guess another move I wanted to talk about was um, the end, well, at least for now, of uh, Ulises Davila's loan career, aka Chelsea. He's at Santos now. Yeah. Uh, I haven't, I don't know if you guys have been able to track down, but I have not been able to track down any sort of a transfer fee, so it might be just Chelsea cutting their losses. I'm yeah, I saying. didn't see anything either. Yeah. No. Just saying, hey, go back to Mexico. We don't need to pay your salary anymore. Wow. But yeah, I mean, he played, he played less than 70 minutes this season over in Portugal. That's crazy. Yeah. So I know we get on, uh, we'll get on him again later today. But I know we get on Memo Ochoa, but at least Memo's played 180 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> but, not, not enough, not enough minutes there. Yeah, I think, I think the turning point for him was when he didn't stay with um, that club. I forget the name of the club, but the club that he scored that goal to bring him into La Liga. Yep. And then he yeah. wanted to stay there, but Chelsea kept. They wouldn't like let him go on loan there. They, they they couldn't decide what they wanted to do with him. And in the meantime, that club signed you know their their three non EU players, and Davila was out of luck. Yeah, it's it's too bad. I yeah. thought he was gonna have a better uh, string of luck there in Europe, but yeah. we'll see. Maybe he can turn things around. We'll yeah. never know. Maybe he can be a late bloomer. Yeah, Rafa, you see him sliding in well at Santos. Uh, I don't know. I was actually reading uh, about the manager they just got. Uh, well, also, this is the first time Davila has a full preseason with a club since, like, 20, uh, 2012. <laughs> really? Because every other time, he spends half the preseason with Chelsea, and then, you know, a couple weeks deadline day, he gets sent out on loan. Oh, true. Well, well here's the catch. The, the manager, I think, Santos Laguna hired... Is still actually currently the manager of another team or the team he was with. Uh, 
if I was reading that this article correctly, like right before we jumped into the podcast, I think the Liguilla in in uh, Ecuador is still going on, and uh, and I think he's he's still active as one of the managers at, of one of the teams still in in the playoffs. For I'm not sure if it's playoffs or I'm not sure what works, how it works in Ecuador, but the point is he he's still coaching for them, and I think he he doesn't arrive. Uh, Two Santos until the league is over in Ecuador. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure if I read that correctly, but I just read that like right before we jumped on the podcast, uh, which sort of just get, puts uh, Santos Laguna in this tricky situation because the the league is starting next month and your coach is still, you know, not on his job. It, it, it's it's sort of weird for me. Yeah, that seems odd, especially for a club like Santos. They usually run everything very. I don't know. I like the way the Santos is run. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys, but I feel like there's no funny business with them. They, you know, they they're a very forward-thinking organization. They're one of the few clubs in Liga MX that is trying to get the English language marketing out there. You know, with yeah. social media and everything, and mm-hmm. they got partnerships with like Celtic and stuff over in Scotland. And they even got a uh, the guy from Portland Timbers. Yeah, they signed him. I heard the transfer fee for Jorge uh, Villafaña was just under a million dollars. Yeah, I heard Chivas actually was interested in him right before. Well, they could have. They could have had him. They 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 had him at Chivas USA for five yeah. years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, Brian. You you're familiar with him? No, I'm not. Well, like six years ago. No, it must have been like six, seven, seven, eight years ago. MLS had like this uh, dream on uh, this show called El Sueño, mm-hmm. uh, Univision, where they tried out like thousands of kids, you know, like U18 kids, just to the, and the, ultimately the winner got a spot in the Chivas USA Academy, and he actually won that. And wow. as an 18 year old, and he got you know he's been with the team, he's been a pro ever since. That's incredible. Yeah. Just like just like Funes Mori. Oh God, that was a. Yeah, and did you hear uh, Carlos, or, or not Carlos, uh, the Dallas coach, I can't think of his name right now. Dallas, uh, Pareja? Yeah, Pareja. He even mentioned that in, in an interview re- recently that that they just didn't have the facilities to keep those guys there. He's like, we wanted to, but we just weren't prepared to keep those guys. I mean, the academy at Dallas is a lot better now, but back then they didn't have it. But yeah, it's crazy. They won the contest too, and they didn't even sign with Dallas. Dallas didn't like nope. offer them a contract. They went straight to River Plate. Yeah, that's <laughs> so. But yeah, he should be good. He should be good signing for them. He's good left back. He's gotten a lot better the last eighteen months. He's good. Um, any other moves here? I mean, yeah, like you said, it was kind of normal day. Nothing too crazy. Yeah. Anything you guys want to touch on? League MX wise. Can we talk about Club America? Is that coming up? Uh, yeah, it's Club or America. What's Club World Cup? Oh god, Club America. That's ooh ooh ooh. I know. It's, be be brave, Brian. Be brave. I know. Just breathe. Yeah, Club America. What is they? So, so do they have anyone at the at the drive today, or what's going on with them? I haven't heard anything from them today. Do you know well, they had already they, they had already bought a or confirmed William da Silva. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they went ahead and got a Brian Montenegro from uh, Defensor Sporting, which. Uh, to be honest, I have no idea about it because Uruguayan soccer is not my, or, my uh, forte. 
Brian Lozano, wasn't it? Oh, Brian Lozano. Yeah. There we go. Brian Montenegro is the guy from Italy. Never mind. Yeah, but Brian Lozano. Yeah, you see, I'm not not very good with <laughs> Uruguayan soccer. But yeah, Lozano. Uh, but he's a but young we'll kid. S- yeah. Yeah, he's, he's young. Yeah. I, that, yeah. I, that team is just so much <laughs> drama. I mean, well, I heard after that the, the, after the that, sporting uh, director was pissed off, yelling in the press box, and, and right after that game, right after that disaster in the Club World Cup, and I don't even know. And then, uh, what's his name? What's going on with Quintero? Quintero wants to leave, or they want to get rid of him? Well, that was, yeah, I mean, the salt was bad, or the, uh, the salt in the wound was not only did they lose, but then I saw that clip of Quintero headbutting Samboiza, and I'm like, oh god, yeah. why? Why? <laughs> Come on, guys. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> that's Club America for you. Well, yeah, even going back to that game, I mean, I, I'm not sure what Quintero was doing on the field as long as he was, because he kept losing that ball, and I don't know, I just. Poorly managed, poorly played, and uh, yeah, the uh, Brazilian Chinese players walked out of there with a victory. How much did uh, Club America pay for him? Ten million dollars? Something like that. Yeah. Well, they're not getting their. And they paid like a similar <coughs> amount for Oribe Peralta. Yeah. But I mean, he's he's been, you know, proving it. He's his worth a lot more than Quintero has. Well, a lot of people are saying it's one of the one of the worst moves for a club America. So, yeah, well, I mean, they have to keep him. They can't just yeah. cut the bait yet. Well, something's got to change because if he's got uh, you know that many problems with other players, I mean, and this next season is not going to be looking too good. Yeah, and Sam West is the captain, so that makes it even look even worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but. Well, my opinion on Cuba America is I don't agree with the narrative that some people are are pushing that Cuba America underestimated the the Chinese team and they just you know got caught off guard and they got beat two one. Uh, I watched the whole game. I thought I thought Cuba America, if anything, showed too much respect. I think the first forty five minutes. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys saw the game, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it ended zero zero and. Uh, one thing that that we again sort of just not pay much attention to is that Club America was always a counterattacking team uh, this season. So when just by the fact that they're better than than uh, the team they played, uh, they sort of just lend them the ball, and Club America looked a little clueless with the ball on their feet. They just weren't expecting it. Uh, they, they were just out of ideas. They were getting they were getting chances to actually score, but. Uh, just it, tactical purposes when they had the ball in their feet, they they looked clueless. Uh, it's something that they're not used to in Liga Mekis, and they were clearly not used used to in those first forty five minutes. Uh, then the second half came and, and they sort of scored the goal, uh, and you know everything looked fine and dandy. They looked like they were headed for that game against Barcelona, uh, but it's the same issues with Club America always. They just can't keep concentration for the full ninety minutes. Uh, and they took advantage uh, and they ended up losing that game. Uh, again, for me, it's just the same issues for Club America. 
uh, the same issues that have been plagued them that have plagued them throughout the season. Uh, they they would be a, a really decent team if they just could keep concentration for the full ninety minutes. Um, afterwards, it, you know the last few minutes, Club America was just a complete mess. Uh, the two one was a bit harsh, but uh, you know that's just how how it works sometimes, I guess. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right, well, Brian, real quick, what's your uh, so far? What's your favorite? And what's your least favorite signing? What's the best and worst signing so far at League MX? This window. Nothing too well, noteworthy, but... Yeah, I, like, I, like I said, um, I want him to prove me wrong. But I, I don't think Enriquez at Leon is going to be that big of a, uh, you know, a splash. I, I, don't, I don't really see him doing too much. But I think... For Chivas, like I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I also do like this Lozano kid from uh, Uruguay coming to America because he's a young guy. Um, he's not gonna play. No, let's be honest. <laughs> well, if he does, I mean, maybe, maybe he, you know he can do something down the road. Um, but the, you know, there, there's I'm look, there's not really that many signings that just kind of stick out. But I do think Pineda um, is probably gonna be. I think that's the best move for Chivas. Because he's a young, really, you know, good good player. Um, hopefully, he stays on that path. Because as we were talking about, he could pan out to be something something good. So I, I think that he's probably the best move for that club, personally. So is, is Chaton your worst? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> what about you, Rafa? Worst? Um, let's see. I don't know if I have anybody that that I really don't like. Um, you know, it might be maybe... I really don't know, to be honest. Uh, maybe Luis Gabriel Rey, just in terms of it, it wasn't... It, it's good for Morelia, but a very bad transfer for Puebla. I think they, at the end of the day, they, America was the one who owns his rights, his rights and... Puebla just didn't pay for it, so Morelia came in and took him from him. Uh, but I mean, for Puebla to lose their their top scorer like that, I mean, I mean, we know Luis Gabriel is like eighty years old now, but but <laughs> he's still scoring goals. I mean, it was still the only it done. yeah, he still gets it done somehow. I don't know how he just does. Uh, I don't know if Puebla just missed a huge opportunity there for by letting him go to Morelia. Uh, but you know, Morelia is is owned by Tebasteca, so they got bucks when they want to spend them. When they want to spend it. When they want to spend uh, it, yeah. My, my best move is Gullit to Chivas. I think he can bring a lot to that team, engine-wise. He's just going to be that guy run up and down. And he's going to work with your boy, Pineda. I think those two guys are going to make a big difference for Chivas. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But I think that's my pick. Uh, worst? <sighs> I think I'm going to say in a different way, Gullit's the worst for Leon. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I don't think he's going to. I mean, they bring in Chaton, who I think, who I think can replace Gullit. Will he replace Gullit? That's a totally, totally different story. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't have a problem admitting it when I'm wrong, but I just don't see it doing. I don't, I don't know. I don't see him doing that. We'll see. All right before we before we close the Leon Mackey's talk, can I just give a shout out to 
Charlos, I think my boy Miguel Herrera is going to... I'm still with Miguel Herrera. I still think he's going to do a, a really good job with Cholos. Uh I know they got Greg Garza back. Uh, he, he suffered an injury with Atlas, but he's back with Cholos for this upcoming season after his loan spell. They got Jesus Escobosa, uh, which if you guys remembered, he's the guy who Miguel Herrera took to that New Zealand match. Yep. Um, then they got Kevin Gutierrez from Querétaro. Um, well, I think he can play a, on the wing as, as a fullback or in the midfield, if I'm not mistaken. Then he brought his his old pal back from from Atlas, Juan Carlos Topo Valenzuela. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're going to, you know, well, like that joke says, they're, they're probably going to have you know tombstones right next to each other because <laughs> they're always in the same team. Uh, hey, managers, but, a lot of managers have that one guy. It's yeah. like, hey man, you're 39 years old. I don't care. Come, come with me. Come with me. Yep. Yeah, but I think Cholos have ha- have a really good squad. I know they've been underperforming the past few seasons, uh, but with Miguel Herrera now in charge, I think they they got something going on there. And these are utility players. They're not star players. They're not gonna make headlines. They're not gonna be the geniacs of the Liga Mekis. But they're utility players. These are the kind of players you want when you're building a team, uh, and I like that. Uh, so let's let's look out for Cholos next season. Yeah, and they got the Colombian finally scoring. Yeah, uh, Dairo Moreno. Mm-hmm. I remember when he was a big deal. Like, oh, the Cholos paid three million dollars for him. I think he played like ten games, and he was back in Colombia on loan. But yeah, he he was a uh, what top top three, top four scorer in Liga MX. Yeah, uh, Apertura. Yeah. Oh, actually, actually, I wanted. I might have a challenger for worst signing or worst uh, move is uh, I, I Gerardo Flores to Toluca. I I was not a big fan of him. Didn't he start for us in Copa America? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerry Flores. Um, yeah, he he was the one that get, gave away the penalty uh, against Chile. Uh. Um, but let's not go there. Yeah, um, he's a challenger. That's all I got to yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> it's a contender. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're at Liga MX. Let's uh, head over to Europe, which is really one story, one story only out there. Chicharito <laughs> Hernandez. Yep. My God, can this guy like not score a goal? Like <laughs> some quick stats, I guess. Eighteen goals in his first twenty-one games, competitive games for Bayer Leverkusen. He's currently averaging. One goal every eighty-six minutes in the field. Wow. So yeah, he is a big deal. He's, he's been, yeah. yeah. He's found his place, I think. Yeah. Honestly, I predicted like maybe like fifteen to seventeen goals this season, not the first half. I know. <laughs> Tell me about it. But yeah, he has just been on a tear in Europe. He's scoring in every competition. I think he has a brace in every competition. He's got a brace in the Cup. He's got a brace in uh, Champions League. And he's got a brace in uh, yeah. Bundesliga. In the league. Yeah. And he finally got a hat-trick, his first European hat-trick. Yep. He was so, close against uh, Aston, Villa, uh, Aston Villa. but Yeah, they gave away yeah. that goal. They gave yeah, it to an own goal, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, the Bundesliga would never do that. They want to hype him up. They would give him that goal. For sure. They got his, his little his page going. Bayer has like four accounts dedicated just to Chicharito alone. 
yeah, it's, yeah just, I, it's been great. I, I was watching, uh, you know, it's like I, I'll see like five positive comments giving praise to Chicharito. Yeah, let, you know, let's it, give you the floor right now, Brian. I know you want to get something yeah, off your chest. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and then, then there's one guy that says, well, he couldn't do it in the, in the Premier League. And it drives me nuts when people say that because in his first season, 20 goals all competition. They win the title. Then the next season, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, I think he had two ankle injuries that year. He had a concussion to start off the season, I remember. Yeah, and well, he still scored 10 goals. Um, but, of course, there was, he had a couple problems there. Then the next season, he scores 18 in all competitions. They win the title. Ferguson leaves. And then we all know the story. He, he would get, like, garbage minutes. Like, he would come in the 80, 84th minute, and Moyes would want a miracle. So everyone that says he can't make it, I mean, he, he, he did. I mean, he did when he got his playing time. So, you know, that just drives me nuts when people are like, well, he couldn't do it with United. But I'm like, yeah, he, he, he was voted the United best player in his first season. You know, he's got the talent. And I've heard all the excuses. It's, it's you know. It's an oh, easy well, league. <laughs> that's the thing. Right now, it's, well, it, the easy, it's an easier league to score on. Well, does that take away from uh, Lewandowski? I mean, yeah. that, does it take away from him? No, I mean, and then, oh, when he's on United, it was, uh, oh, it's, he gets too much service. He just taps it in. Well, what do you want him to do? That's what he's <laughs> supposed to do. You know? So, I mean, you can't win with some people, but, you know, it's nice to see he's getting some uh, recognition. Uh, you know, does it, am I saying he's the best player in the world? No, I mean, is he the best dribbler? No, but is he a deadly striker? I, the numbers don't lie. You know, it's true. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys, let's get real. Well, some stats. So I wrote an article like a month ago about this. In his first three years at United, when he was with Ferguson, he finished third, eighth, and first in goals per ninety minutes in the Premier League. There you go. See, <laughs> I mean, come on, don't tell me you can't survive in the Premier League. Yeah. And then when he played in uh, uh, Real Madrid, he finished sixth in La Liga in goals per 90 minutes. Wow, I didn't even know that. So, are we, am I surprised? He's, I'm not surprised he's you know, scoring these many goals. I'm surprised he's scoring these goals at this. At, he's keeping the same rate, you know? Absolutely. And then, well, did, back when he was um, with Real Madrid, he had a stretch of games where it was like goal, assist, goal, brace assist goal like he had like this that was like his great stretch well i mean in his last 11 appearances for uh madrid he had five goals and three assists yeah i mean the guy can (laughs) the guy can really he's got talent i mean people just i don't know i guess some people just not not meant to like him well like a certain ad campaign once told me there will be haters. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's funny. I can't. I hate. The, I hate Mexico's jerseys. They need to go back to the old ones. <laughs> well, they have a new one leaked out, by the way. Oh yeah, and it's like the. Ugh, it's. I don't even want to talk. It's just bad. We'll see. We'll see. It's so plain. But uh, real quick, let's see. We'll come back to Chicharito, but anybody else out there in Europe impressing you guys? I and mean, we got Porto. Starting every Mexican available. 
<laughs> I'm, just, I'm just waiting yeah. for Gudinho to step in for step in for Casillas one day. Well, he got called up. Yeah, he gets called up just because they need a third keeper for like what? certain trips, so he gets called up. Hey, but eh, hey, I'm Something. not complaining. I'm not complaining. Was he at the bench on the bench today or no, no? No, no. Today, no. I think he went back. Yeah, Porto B had a game. He hasn't made a bench this season. Okay, he'll get so called know, up, but he won't make the bench. Uh, so I know uh, Helton was was starting today, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Club legend. <laughs> so he'll stay there. But yeah, he he plays every single game for the B team. And so does uh, Omar Govea. Yeah, he's doing well. He's doing yeah, well. Yeah, and he gets called up to train with the first team uh, during international breaks. So, And all, all signs point to Porto signing him this summer. Please do. So, it's good. I mean, uh, I wonder if you guys caught the last couple of Porto games, but Herrera's been working his way back to yeah. classic, classic Herrera. Um. Corona doing Corona things, you know. Which kinda, yeah, it kind of sucks for him when when they're playing on those really shitty pitches. Yeah, and they play him really out wide. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like all three of them are really getting into the the rhythm of their starting lineup, which is good to see. You know. Yeah, I mean, we and we all knew they were going to play. They they had six games in eighteen days. And that's uh-huh. not even counting that one game that was played over two days. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so. But but in terms of players that are impressive right now, uh, uh, the, Jonathan Dos Santos had a stretch of good games there. He had a goal in the Europa League, and then he uh, was one of the higher-rated players on who scored for against uh, Real Madrid when they won 1-0. So yeah. it seems like he's got his touch going. Yeah, and it's and when you I know when I talk to people like Villarreal fans, they want him in the middle, but it's just it's just it, they can tell the difference when he's on the team. Like the ball's not moving as fast, you know, side to side. Mm-hmm. Just it's just not there. But Villarreal surprised me; they're hanging in there for a Champions League spot this season. Yeah, which is what I thought they were going to do last year. Yeah, and the standings are pretty shocking. Yeah. Well, Real Madrid too. They're just. Ever since Chicharito left, you know, the curse. Hey. There it is, man. Uh, what else we got? Well, I'm not going to bother talking about Belito until he makes the bench or something. I'm just, nah. nah yeah, nah. we can we can pass on that. I'd, r- I'd rather talk about Davila than Pulido at this point. <laughs> Ochoa made a start today. They lost. I think he's, if he does not move, he's not going to start again until next year. Yeah, uh, I mean, Rafa, you think he's gonna move? I mean, pull a Nene Castillo, pay your own loan fee, just get out of Malaga. Yeah, just go to Veracruz, man. Who cares? Yeah, a- anything I'll do. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. I think he just needs to go. That's we've been saying that for for quite a while now. Well, I don't think anything's changed. He just needs to go. Yeah, he needs to get out of there. Yeah. There's, it's, mm. We don't need to talk about it. He just needs to get out. And until then, Talavera is my number one, I think. Yeah. Anyone else want to go against me? No, that sounds about right. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, Jimenez, 
He's been picking up his play in Benfica. Still inconsistent. His finishing just not there. Well, Mitroglu is is a bit more or is healthier than than he was a few weeks ago, and he's getting a few starts now. Yeah. So that's not good for for Raul. But the manager likes him. He you know always yeah. speaks highly of him. So we'll see. Didn't didn't their game their cup game get for, uh, postponed or something? Um. Or did did that just play through? I think they played through. They actually had a game this past. Yeah. They. It was they a, draw. It was a no. Was the, the game this the game they just played it was a makeup game. I think for the league. Yeah. I don't think they're in the cup. They're not in the cups yet. They're still. I mean. Yeah, they got eliminated by yeah, they got eliminated early. fourteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah classical. Yeah. yeah, extra time. Yeah. yeah. Um, another guy we might not need to talk about much longer. I keep hearing whispers he's coming back to Atlas. Rafa Marquez. Yeah. I mean, it's Hellas Verona is a joke. I think they have. They. I think they got to win this weekend. Oh no, never mind. That was actually a cup game. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they have five points to the first twenty games <clears throat> of the season. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. supposed to be a done deal. He's supposed to be, you know, not officially, but, you know, when sources come out in Mexico and just say it's done, well, uh, and it he could wasn't, be done tomorrow. And he wasn't starting for Verona the last couple of games, and he's been healthy. So, And believe me, they need all the defensive help they can get. So if Rafa's not starting, something's up. But it's, yeah. but I'm happy for him. I think oh, this yeah. is, this was his team from the start, and... He can finally say goodbye uh, with the team that saw him, you know, reach reach his uh, his fame. The the team that made him. Yeah, I agree. I'm happy for him. I'm happy. Yeah. Um, we got the duos. We got PSV. They're chugging along. About I think the last I checked, there were four points from the top in uh, Eredivisie, and they got. Um, Atletico Madrid, Champions League. Oof. Yeah. So that's going to be real interesting for Moreno trying to handle that defensive or trying to handle that attacking line from Madrid. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Yeah. Run. Yeah. Oh, I watched. Well, they had their cup. I think a cup game. Today, yeah. Right. Yeah, they um, won today. Was, it was a scrappy was, game. That was a crazy game. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Guardado got close. He got close to get on the board, but just the keeper just got to it. Would have been a nice free kick, yeah. but they they love him at PSV. They love Guardado. Oh yeah, the when we was he was going up to take the free kick, and they were already doing his like song, <laughs> "Mi Amigo uh, Guardado." Yeah. <laughs> have you guys seen the video uh, from Guerreros Aztecas where they got him and like they had the video of some fan meeting him and bringing him his own beer? No. Have you guys seen that? Yeah, it's been floating around for a while. Yeah, it came out last season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty okay, cool. Check that out. <laughs> yeah, PSV. Oh, 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 the, oh, his own beer, like, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I don't ever remember that. I remember that. Yeah. It's kind of funny because PSV has some uh, social media stuff where they like make videos of the players cooking, and one <laughs> of them has a guardado cooking. Yeah, I've seen that one as well. <laughs> They actually wow. have a, they had another one with Hector Moreno. I haven't seen that one yet though. Oh no. Hmm. But yeah, I like to see everyone who criticized Moreno's move to say I something. I liked it. 
I liked it personally. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm not on record here, but I was <laughs> uh, back in back when it happened. I was actually fine with it. Yeah. Same. Um, and then we got the weird situation at Real Sociedad where they got a new coach. Vela was allegedly going to MLS. Now he's not. I never thought he was going to leave. The Real Sociedad, Wait, so, his transfer so, so, fee is too high. So that's that. That's completely off, or what's going on there? No one's going to say it's completely off just because they want to, you know, bid people against each other. But I don't think it's happening. Okay. Well, let's. Well, we'll let's just hope that's that's the right answer. Because all reports say that the president of Sociedad like said something like he needs to sell him for more than what they bought him. Hmm. And they bought him for like fourteen million dollars. Question I heard. Ah, uh, my Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> you guys ever see that Amazon Echo? Mm-mm. YouTube it. It's pretty cool. I bought one, but I think I just thought I said its name. So it's like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, they're not going to sell him. They're going to want over 10 million euros for him. And MLS is not going to pay that. And quite frankly, he's not worth that much to MLS. He's yeah. not the draw that Gio, that Chicharito or even Gio is to MLS. I mean, Rafa, you follow the Galaxy. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, I said this last time, and I still think it, it, it holds some truth. Uh, however, I did see the only the only mass coverage of the MLS uh, Cup final uh, between Portland and uh, Columbus and the commissioner was as always he's always a guest with Unimas at the end of the season uh, and they asked him that that this exact same question about Carlos Vela and he he didn't reveal much he he never he didn't say it, it wasn't happening but he didn't say it wasn't happening so he sort of just you know avoided it uh, I still think that th- there's a small chance it might happen uh, I did see I did see the game today it, it was quite exciting I'm not I think I was the only person who probably saw that. I was watching that too. It, it was actually a really good game. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it was back and forth. Uh, I got a, got a, their goalkeeper sent off near the end uh, when they were still looking for a goal. And Carlos Vela was actually playing uh, on the left side of the field and he was actually sort of floating th- uh, to the middle. Uh, I kind of, I thought he had a good game. He, he played the second uh, 45 minutes Uh I liked it. I, I think I thought he played well. Of course, they they fell short, uh, but it, it wasn't you know a terrible game by Carlos Vela. I thought he did well. Uh, you know, there's always going to be that rumor that that he wants to go back to MLS. I for one think he's not. A, I've met, I've said this before. I don't think he's a huge draw like like Giovanni Santos, but I think it's still going to happen eventually. Whether it happens uh, next season or you know in two years, it, it's going to happen. I think. Carlos Vela just wants to be in the States and, you know, just be close to her family. I mean, I think Real Sociedad should just buy him NBA League Pass and be like, hey, you can watch Miami Heat games here, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can do that. He's probably a Cavs fan now, let's be honest. Hey, I'm fine with that. Uh, I, yeah, I saw you're a Cavs fan. Uh, uh, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, for, that's a different, it's for a different podcast. It's a different podcast. Um, but um, but um, Friday, Reyes played in... Um, I didn't see the game, but I did see he was rated pretty high. Yeah, I saw the game. He did. He did well. He, yeah. He, he. I mean, 
when he's been playing, he's been playing well. If he did, if he never got that red card, yeah, what happened? He got a red card. Well, he got okay. He got a yellow card, and then at the very end of the game, there was like one minute left. <laughs> he was yelling at the ref for something. It wasn't even like he was like going after. He was just yelling at the ref like a normal, you know, like you see that shit all the time. And the ref right. turned around and gave him a yellow card. Well, come on, man. That's not even. So that was his second that. yellow card. They were losing the game, so he got suspended for the next game. And then on top of that, Moyes gave him one more game off where he didn't make the bench. And then I think he made the bench the following game, and then Moyes got fired. <laughs> so he hasn't really played in the last like month and a half, two months. But, I mean, when he's been playing, he's been doing well. I so. know. And we're talking about Rafa going off into the sunset. Well, we need someone to ride back, you know, ride <laughs> the other way. Because <laughs> it ain't going to be Ayala. Oh, don't even get me started on Ayala. <laughs> Rafa knows. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, and then Ayala got a red card in the game on Sunday. Yep. <laughs> of course. Ugh. But, yeah, let's go back to Chicharito. Is he having the best? And I know it's pretty much going to be between him and, uh, him and uh, what's his name? Why can't I think of his name? The Mexican striker at Real Madrid. Hugo. Hugo Sanchez. It's between him and Hugo at this point, but I think is Chicho having the best European season by a Mexican? Hmm. That's that's hard to say. But I'll... I don't know. That's a tough one. Well, let's put it this way. Is he having a better season... Than his first season at United. Well, I would say yes, um, especially if, if, if even if he just goes one goal every other game from right now. I mean, he's going to have a, a ridiculous tally. Yeah, Twenty-five goals. Yeah, I mean, if he's at eighteen total, and then he got Europa League, they got the German Cup, yep, which they, they advanced. Yeah. I mean, who knows how many goals he's going to pile on what are your thoughts Rafa oh I think uh, Hugo Sanchez is unmatched Uh, but yeah I think he does I would say he's doing better than than with Manchester United simply because he's the focal point of Bayer Leverkusen Uh, but I think everything that that needs to be said about Chicharito is already said he's uh, he's having a great a great year. He's getting the service he, he you know he's always craved as a striker. That's always made him uh, a great striker. Um, I- I'll say this: we haven't brought that uh, that a uh, little scuffle with uh, Bellarabi up. Uh, I know they had everyone they just, backed up Chicharito too, even the coach. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what the coach said, but uh, if I were a coach, I I I'd love it. Uh, I know Ambris gets a lot of heat for. For saying this with Google America, but I love it if you know two of my players are going at it. I mean, I don't want them going at it, you know, fists and stuff. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, a small scuffle is okay because uh, as a coach, you understand that Bellarabi's job is to uh, you know get on statue, you know, get a shot on target, uh, get something, force to save, do something with the ball. That's that's your that's your job as a winger. Uh, and Chicharito's is to score a goal, and Chicharito thought that he had a you know, a, a clear chance of 
of scoring a goal and which he did. Just, oh my god! Which yeah. we all agree he it was probably the better option to give it to Chicharito, and Chicharito had had more of the right on this. Uh, but it's something as a coach you, you really like. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, they made up, and Balarabi gave him that that you know half a goal on that that hat trick that Chicharito got against. Uh, uh, it was against Wolfsburg, correct? Uh, Gladbach. Uh, Gladbach, excuse which me. Which was the hottest team in uh, Bundesliga. They, they had yeah, just beaten which Bayern had not, Munich. Yeah, they had not lost a game in quite a while since yeah. they got their new manager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, again, it's just a matter of him getting the service. Uh, he's If he stays healthy, he's, he's going to have a great year. The other thing I'd like to add is that in these last two games where he started along with Kiesling, um, beforehand I was very hesitant because Same. I didn't think I didn't think there was much chemistry with Kiesling and Chicharito up front. I had already seen them play together, and I was just, no, this is not working out. Kiesling is, there's just nothing going on there. Uh, and then they had that that game against Gladbach, and uh, and then this past game. And I think that, you know, that's something that, that, that they can add to towards their arsenal uh, going forward, uh, rather than being that one-dimensional team with just Chicharito up top and just flood the midfield with midfielders like Chalanoglu and Valarabi. It's well, let me stop you right there. So, the big rumor right now is Kiesling might be gone in January. Oh, really? Because really? he might be going to another Bundesliga team. So, so I follow, you know, well, I follow, obviously, I follow Bayer Leverkusen closely now. So, I listen to a bunch of, you know, I follow the blogs and stuff. And, like, after the game ended, the fans, they like, they didn't, they didn't kick the fans out. So, the fans were still, you know, they're celebrating. So, Kiesling came out and, like, shook everyone's hand and everything they sing him songs and see people were saying you know it might be the it might be the end right. of Kiesling I mean wow. he's had over 300 you know appearances for Bayer so I don't know I still think he finished out the season but if he wants to go you know they respect him enough there well they'll let him go just because yeah. you know he's he's like the legend there but yeah I'm surprised you know I'm surprised too like because like, early in the season they did I don't think they played well I don't think I just don't think they played very well at all together, but in the last couple games, they've clicked. Yeah, and the other option is Mamedi, which has been playing along with Chicharito, but he's sort of not that that kind of striker like Heasling is. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised. I, I didn't know that one. Yeah, because uh, that was the last home game before Yeah, that was the break. Uh, yeah. at the Bay Arena. Yeah. yeah. So that's the, just the rule right now. I mean, I don't know. I don't think... It's, it, I think it pretty much comes out that if Kiesling wants to leave, they'll let him leave. But I don't think they want to sell him. Mm. And I mean, they got twenty-two million pounds for that Korean guy. For Tano, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who, by the way, has twelve appearances and three goals for Tano. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, yeah, so they pretty much paid half of that twenty-two million. Went to Chicharito. I think they played like ten to twelve million euros. So they, I mean, they have money. So I don't think they need to sell Kiesling. But another thing, I was looking up stats. That guy, I forget his name, but the Korean guy, he had like seventeen goals last season, all of last season. Uh-huh. And that's the guy Chicharito replaced. Chicharito has eighteen goals already. <laughs> yeah. Signing Christmas. Yeah. Well, the last thing is. Now that we're talking about money, uh, the important thing now is they're still in Europa League, but let's be honest, most of us don't really care up until 
till the final games. Obviously, we'll follow we'll follow every single game. But you say that, yeah. but like two weeks ago, you were about to be real invested in the Europa League. <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah, but that changes. So we're back to getting oh, eliminated yeah. by Barcelona. But but you know the the neutrals of the people who who follow you know whatever team it may be. Uh, the Europa League is not a big catch like the Champions League is. So Bayer Leverkusen, their their main objective now is is to reach the Champions League for next season. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt about it. Uh, I don't know if they're fifth now. I think that's that's where they are. Honestly, it from second place to like the eighth place, there's like a four point difference. Yeah. So but, I think yeah, I think th- I think they're technically in a Europa League spot right now, but they're like yeah. one point behind. Champions yeah. League. But, Champions League is, you know, that's a big catch. I think that from now on, that should be the objective. Uh, I think Chicharito made, made a big point by uh, by moving to Bayer Leverkusen because they were playing Champions League football as opposed to, you know, Stoke City or whoever else might have been interested in the Premier League. Uh, and uh, they should be in the Champions League next season. And there's absolutely no excuse. Uh, they're... They're among the the top teams in, in the Bundesliga. I know they struggled against top top opposition, uh, but they should be in the Champions League. There there is no excuse. So I think that should be the objective. Uh, leaving aside the Europa League for me, I think that's how pretty much every team in Europa League feels like up until they get to like the quarterfinals and they're like, oh wait, we can win Europa League and go into the Champions League the next season. Yeah, there's always that option yeah. as well, uh, but. There's some tough teams still in there. Yeah. Yeah. Who did uh Bayer get matched up with? Uh, oh, Zenith. Was it Zenith? Sporting. Oh, Sporting. Sporting. Yeah. Sporting. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, they should advance from that. And then Port- Porto's got um, Borussia. Yeah, that'll be a tough game. Yes. Well, yeah. No. Um, in the German league, yeah, it's from. Fourth to six is separated by two points. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, hopefully they can crank out some wins here. Yeah, and I mean, I almost feel like the break comes at a terrible time for for Chicharito and Bayer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good. They don't play another game. Well, they play this weekend, but besides that, they don't play a game till like the twenty second in January. That far away? Yeah, it's it's like eight, one whole month. Wow. It's the complete opposite of the Premier League, where they the Premier League has like seven games in a week. I know. They got that festive period. But, yeah. Yeah, but don't worry. If you guys want to catch him, he'll be in Florida. There you go. They got that. They'll be in Disney World. <laughs> Can't wait till there's a commercial where Chicharito's talking about going to Disney World. It could happen. Yeah, but I mean, it's just so much fun to watch him play. It's so fun. I know you guys are on the West Coast, so those games come in a little bit earlier for you guys. But for me, it's yeah. like a perfect like 9 a.m. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, um, I had I was at a restaurant, and I had him turn on the game for me because it was right before he scored his first goal. So I got to see that hat trick. Um, that 13 but, minute hat trick yeah that was insane just all different ways of scoring in that one yeah that's good. the other thing is it, this, this isn't just a cap in season oh I mean that first goal le- left foot 
right foot header, he, whatever. I mean, outside he, the box. Yeah, curler, curly shot. Yeah, man, so much fun. Just so much fun to watch him play. Yeah, I mean, just just a scoring record at this point. I mean, he's for either national team or his club. He has scored against big name teams, and he can do it. So, you know. This shouldn't be too much of a surprise. I mean, just the fact that we're not at Christmas. He's got 18 goals. And that's that's just insane. And every time he scores a goal on, like, that long sleeve jersey, I'm like, man, I want to get that long sleeve. And it's gloves. Oh, those gloves. Can't wait till <laughs> those. <laughs> he always wears those gloves. I know. He's cold, man. Yeah, it's freezing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, anything else you guys want to touch on before we uh, head off? Um, Rafa, you okay? Did you get all your Pumas off your chest? Are you good? Yeah, I got I got all my Pumas off my chest. I guess the only other thing I have to ask because the transfer window opens in for for Europe. So, is there any Mexicans we'll see going to Europe? Memo Chua. Well, going from Mexico from the Yankees to Europe. I don't think so. Um, uh, not Pachuca. Did Pachuca? Well, who did they bring in? Pachuca. Yeah. Uh, well, he brought um, was it Stefan Medina from? Yep. From Real. Yeah, Lucas Silva from Cruz Azul. Hector yeah, Mascoro from. Well, they got a lot of people. Yeah. Came in. I'm looking yeah, at them because to see if did they bring anyone in just in case they're selling any of their jewels. <laughs> Can we see Irving Lozano move this? This winter, or is that completely out of the picture? I could see him moving, but staying in Mexico until the summer. Hmm. You know what I mean? I'm just, you know, I'm just disappointed because every season we're like, we, you know, there has to be a player that that moves, and it just never happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's a good thing and bad thing about Mexican soccer. There's money, so. Yeah. I don't know, we'll see. Hopefully some rumors are popping up. But I don't, I don't see it happening. I see maybe maybe uh, Carlos Vela moving away from Spain. but And I'm hoping, praying that Ochoa leaves, but I don't see anything else happening. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. Yeah. Well, let's go start a, let's go start a GoFundMe for Ochoa. We'll pay his loan fee. Might have yeah. to. I mean, I guess the only move that might happen—it's more of a formality, formality—but would be uh, Porto buying Layun outright. Oh, I think that's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Just cheating because it might—you know—it might happen next window, but it really, it's just—it's a formality. They're gonna buy him. Even better. Yeah. It's hopefully they'll buy some. They'll, hopefully they'll pick up some kids from their academies or whatever they're opening up in Mexico. Their schools. <laughs> yeah, what is that? Yeah. But anything else you guys want to get off your chest? No, I just. Hopefully, Chicharito keeps <laughs> silencing people, regardless of who his opponent is. I just want to say one thing on Chicharito. Last thing. Last thing. A couple years ago. Because I, f- I follow MLS, and I don't know if you guys follow it as closely, but um, 
there was a guy on the U.S. national team who was just getting called up. His name was uh, Jack McInerney. And I always bring this up. There was, like, all these articles, because he was kind of playing, like, that poacher, like Chicharito. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, there was all these articles on MLSsoccer.com saying, the, the American Chicharito. Oh, God, I got so mad at the time. I'm like, this is so dumb. He's, like, on his fourth team in the last two years. Well, <laughs> they did that back in 2011. Was it with that one guy, Omar? So um, hello? Yep. They were, is this the new Chicharito? <laughs> <laughs> Like, calm down. I mean, he just won a title, technically. He's on Tigres. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, there you go. Champion. Yeah. He was tweeting about it, like us, but, you know, he, he was technically a champion. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Espericueta got a ring. <laughs> well, he played for... He played... He started against Morelia a few... Early in the season when they are busy with Libertadores, so... So you got probably like, what, like 120 minutes this season? Yeah. A little <laughs> wow. less than that, but <laughs> he should get a trophy. I mean, yeah. he should get a, a medal for that. He'll get a participation trophy. Yeah. He should get something for that. <laughs> he deserves it. Yeah. All right, well, Brian, tell the people where they can find you. Um, you can, on Twitter, it's at BrianRMW, or check out um, the stoppagetime.com. Um, that's where you'll see my articles. So that's where you can see me. Rafa, what about you? All right. So you guys can find me on Twitter at uh, MexicanFoodCOM. Um, yeah, and I just got FIFA, so you guys can add me on on PSN as well. It's Gunner three one zero, and you know get beat by by me. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, we wanted to play last night. I didn't see you hopping on the PSN. I'm just saying. Oh well, big, big talk. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm Raul. You can find me at the Colorful Kit or uh, at underscore Bones. You can see my tweets about the Chicago Bulls season slowly falling away. <laughs> By the way, we're just one game behind the Cavaliers. Just no, it's, it, it's it's a tight race there. Yeah. No comment on Rafa's Lakers, though. Yeah. We'll miss you, Kobe. (laughs) It was fun. It was fun. All right. Well, thanks for listening to episode 10. We'll probably have one more episode, hopefully, next week. A little recap of the year. Have some fun. But thanks for checking us out.